Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz, and today we are going to be talking about student loans. Uh, today I'm really excited to be joined by Nicole Rose Dion. Hello! And uh, welcome to the show. This is a topic that we haven't touched on a lot in 17 episodes because I don't have student loan debt, but I think it's a really big part of people's lives uh, after going to school. And so uh, I'm really excited to have you share your story and, and kind of how you got out of student loan debt. Happy to be here. Thank you. I like talking about it because I want to help people get through it. I know a lot of people that are also struggling. For me, I thought college was going to be paid for by my parents. So it came as kind of a shock when it wasn't. I was bopping along high school. Things are great. And then my parents lost their jobs 2007, you know, just unlucky. And, uh, my dad said, you know, we're going to have to get you some federal aid. And I said, oh, that sounds easy and nice, but it wasn't enough money. So that's the FAFSA and the subsidized, unsubsidized, Stafford loans, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't enough to cover uh, going to the University of Nevada. I was out of state and I needed to stay in the dorms and have a meal plan and all that stuff. So Anywho, um, had to get a private parent loan on top of it, which was a really high interest rate. So at the end of the day, I left UNR with $80,000 in student debt. And, you know, as I said on Facebook, I started with a full-time job right out of school, very lucky, making $32,000 a year, which was great at the time. Absolutely. Um, living in an apartment, paying all my own bills. But then all of a sudden, those student loan payments hit me. And we're talking $800, $900 a month, as if I had a fancy car payment. Right. Um, but that money was just going back into the ether. So Yeah. And the, the impetus for us talking today was that post that you did. Yeah. So you um, you posted that you, was it about six and a half years that you said? Uh, yeah. So 2012 to October 2018. Okay. So about six and a half years, yeah. um, you were able to make your last student loan payment and yeah. get out of that $80,000 in debt. Um, what was the thinking behind, uh, I guess, one, making that public mm-hmm. um, and putting it out there? I think a lot of people, we talk about this a lot, are afraid to talk about money and afraid to yeah. just even let people know that they have debt. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter what kind of debt. I think people are afraid to talk about it. And it was refreshing to see you post that literally, like, I think it was the same month that we started this show. I so. didn't know you were starting a podcast. <laughs> so funny. I was, I was like, Oh, of course. So, uh, you know, it's interesting when I posted that. A lot of people who know me know I have student loans because I talk about it constantly. I was always really open about it. And when I made that post, I really wanted to encourage other people like, hey, this is possible. You can really do it. Uh, but someone really close to me uh, called me out privately and said, I can't believe you posted that. That's the private. Like, how? why would you put that information out there? That's so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. And I said, what are you talking about? It's a huge accomplishment. I'm so stoked and I want to throw a party. I want to celebrate. I want to invite all my friends. And they just did not understand. So I hope that we can start to shift that stigma away because I think it's unnecessary. Well, and I think a lot of the stigma causes people to just not address it at all. And so then they end up keeping that debt for far longer than they need to. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, in my case, you know, I had a few people wonder, like, is it really a good idea to like, for me, like put my numbers out there Mm -hmm. before I'm even, you know, started to tackle them, Um, which can be, you know, for me, I'm a freelancer. So 
it doesn't really hurt me. I could see if some people are trying to get jobs or, you know, depending on your situation, it might not make sense to like put that number on your sure. forehead. Sure. But, uh, you know, you know, doing it in a tactful way and having good conversations, you know, in the right setting, in the right circumstances with the right people um, can make you, you know, ha- keep up your motivation and like make sure that you know what you're you're on track to do. And so I mean, one thing that I never understood was people who borrow money. And then don't expect to pay it back. Right. And for some reason, student loans, people don't feel like they have to pay back. I'd, I've never understood that. You made the decision to go to college. You borrowed money from a private institution or from the government. Either way, it's your responsibility to pay that back. You made a promise. You don't Absolutely. get to just be like, oh, I got this amazing education, but now forget it. I had a coworker once. Collection agencies were calling us weekly trying to get them to pay their student loans back. And this person was like, ignore, ignore, delete, don't care, whatever. It'll just go away eventually. I just don't think that's the right attitude. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about that a lot that like one, checking your mail and pulling your head out of the sand is like the first step (laughs) to figuring out like what you're even going to do to to tackle something like this. So how did you go about, you know, uh, you, you finished school, you had this job, uh, making a good starting salary. Mm -hmm, Um, what did that look like for you at the time in terms of like, what made you get on the path towards getting these paid off as quickly as possible? Um, at first I could really only do the minimum and I was really shocked to see the minimum was so much. And Mm -hmm. part of that was my private loan was like 8% interest rate. So the loan my dad took out on top of the government assistance was really high. So that's a little unusual. If you just have government assistance, it's like 4% or 3%. It's much lower. So anywho, on the, uh, minimum payments for everything, I was like 800. That's, that's as much as I can do. And so I just did the minimum payments for a while and it was really disheartening after the first year, I paid off $16,000 and made very small, small debt, Yeah, a dent in it. It was, oh, it was so sad. Uh, so I just kind of paid the minimum for a while. And then things started to really change in 2015. I started freelancing again. I hadn't been doing that. I had just been working full time and not really free- freelancing a lot. And then I was in between jobs and I just said, yeah, let's do it. Let's ramp this up. I wanted to buy a house too. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to have to start taking in some more income. So that's when I really started to see the, the needle move quickly. And uh, from there, I started to try to consolidate the debt and do some some maneuvering with that. I was able to bring it over to my credit union part of it. I was able to um, take the big loan and and reduce that interest rate from eight to six, six and a half percent. Um, and then every time I would get a big freelance check that I didn't need, it was like phew, right to the loans, right to the loans, right to loans. And then it started getting kind of like a game. It was exciting. It was fun. And it was almost like, how fast can I pay it off? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the game I'm playing right now. So <laughs> yeah. And so you were freelancing on top of a, a full-time job or yeah. on the side? Okay. Yeah. On oh, top on of side. it. Yeah. And I still, I mean, I didn't see any of that money. Right. It was like just my bills and then Anything extra I had to the student loans. Right. I was not going on trips. I was not buying clothes. I mean, food for sure. So I totally <laughs> feel you in that regard. But that was about it. Yeah. Um, and through that, what kinds of uh, other than like not buying clothes and things like that, were there any uh, spending habits that had to change or budgeting or anything like that that you had to really think about? Yeah. I mean, I got pretty serious. I, I went through these ebbs and flows. Like there would be times where I just started like panicking and and just had to sit down with Bobby, who is my live-in financial advisor. 
um, <laughs> and and talk to him about some strategies because I was just getting stressed or I was getting frustrated. It wasn't moving fast enough. So he gave me a lot of, of tips. So one of them was the envelope theory or method mm-hmm. where you just take out cash and that's your cash, your amount of money for something every month. That really helps me with food and miscellaneous things like coffee and getting right. a drink with a friend or something. So I take out $200 in cash every month and I still do that. It's such a habit now. Mm-hmm. And then I, anytime I want something one off, it has to come from that cash. And I just see it. It's physical. It's in my hand. I know exactly how much I have. So at the end of the month, if I only have $20 left, I'm like, okay, I got to be more conservative with right. it. So that really helped. Um, I stopped dyeing my hair for a long time. That was a big thing. I mean, that seems small, but for women, that's like 100 to $200 every six weeks. So I was like, I don't need to be doing this. I stopped doing that. Um, I'm sure there are other things. Like I canceled it. those stupid subscription boxes or any of that <laughs> random spending that you do that's fun. or It comes from boredom, I think. Mm-hmm. All that stuff just so unnecessary. And then with my free time, I tried to just not just go boredom shopping, which I think a lot of people do. They're right. just like, oh, I'm going to wander around Target and buy some knickknacks I don't need. Yeah, that's so, therapy shopping. Totally, right? <laughs> totally. Like if I was just having a slow Sunday or, you know, oh, I'm just going to go to the bookstore and buy some books. So I mm-hmm. stopped doing that, really changed my behavior, which was hard. But the nice thing is I'm still that way. Even right. though I have money to spend, I've got savings now. So I'm about to take a trip and somebody asked me like, oh, do you need to go shopping for your vacation? Buy uh, some new clothes or some things? I'm like, I don't need anything. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, it's, just, a, the, it's ingrained. That hedonic treadmill we've talked about in the past, where it's like you know you're doing a you're doing something you don't normally do, so now you need to go buy all new things for that trip, or mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even in the case of you know, you sounds like you had expenses around buying a house too. Oh yeah, and furnishing a house oh, and all totally. of that, mm-hmm. um, and, and that freelance money really paid for right. that. I would not have been able to do it otherwise. That's that's great. Yeah. Um. And so when when did you actually buy your house? That was that was 2016. Okay, so you were able to accomplish both of these. Money goals kind of in tandem, which is pretty great. Wouldn't have been able to do it without a partner. Let me just say that single Nicole by herself would not have been able to do that. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely when you can combine, you know, financial power that you can definitely achieve more things. Yeah. Which is great. Um, and it sounds like having that, you know, having a partner that also is there to help motivate you. Uh, and stay on task because I think the next thing that I'm fo- focused on is just that plateau of okay now we've said we're going to do this and then there's just going to be a lot of time in between you know doing the work and and sticking to the systems you know the envelope system if that works for you well you're a uh, runner right yeah so what one of the things I like to think is don't imagine the entire distance. Right. Just one foot in front of the other, just little by little. Or one mile at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that really helped me. I remember when I graduated from college, I was having dinner with Bobby, and it just kind of hit me, this huge $80,000 boom in your lap for, for the foreseeable future. Right. And it just started freaking out. And I just – I remember so clearly the conversation we had about it'll be okay. You know, we'll get through. You can't look at the big amount. You got to take it little by little. Pay off little loans as you can here and there. He helped me figure out based on the interest rate what makes sense, which ones to pay off first, all that stuff. Nice. And seeing progress is really helpful. But yeah. for a while, it was really hard. I want to say 2012 to 2015, just – very little progress. I mean, this was constant angst. That's yeah. why I talked about it so much because that, that was my therapy. I just complained to literally anyone that would listen <laughs> about it and then it would make me feel better. But it was just this huge struggle and that's a really long time to have that on your conscious. And that's why I thought it was so weird when other people, it didn't bother them. 
they just, like you said, stuck their head in the sand. Like, right. oh, I just have this debt, whatever. For me, it was like a monkey on my back yeah. all the time. And, and I, I have to wonder how much of it is that people look at, like, the if for traditional student loans, the 3 to 4%, like, it seems so much less Maybe. than, you know, a credit card of 17 to 20-something percent. Yeah. Um, but it is still a thing, and t- it tends to be a larger number, depending on how much school you go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully you've, you know, picked a major that can get you a job that can help you pay those things off right Mm -hmm. um you know my brother um is in he went to law school and so you know being able to take the loans to do that means that you have to go and pursue the thing that you went to school for so you could pay that stuff back um and unfortunately there are a lot of people who are kind of counting on you know school becoming cheaper or that something's going to just magically happen to all the student debt um you know i think schooling in general has gotten a little bit too expensive and that's something that's a whole nother topic for oh, another show yeah you don't uh, need a four-year four degree <laughs> oh especially for some of the things that we do right yeah. so you know i i don't have a computer science degree in right. terms of what i do but There's so many technical jobs you don't need a four-year degree for absolutely so but anyways and, we digress yeah so um so with that in october you were able to announce this um and yes. put that out into the world so congrats thank you um so exciting. and uh, i'll look for the invite for the celebration party oh yeah no it's definitely <laughs> happening it's definitely gonna happen um what other um were there any other budgeting things or was the envelope system really key for that yeah um the envelope system was great because i was spending a lot on random food and drinks and things coffee mm-hmm um, what else had, what else did I do? One of the things that my dad actually did that really helped me that I didn't think about is he took out a little bit more than I needed on his private loan every year. So, or every semester, whenever he, um, paid the money to the school, um, I was like, dad, why are you doing that? I'm going to have more money to pay off. Right. Like, you're just like, why are you doing this to me? Um, and he's like, oh, well, for books in case you need it. I worked all through college, but I still didn't have enough money. Mm-hmm. So that little extra kind of compounded over the years. And then when I graduated from college, I had a little nest egg that was really nice. I could live from and not live paycheck to paycheck and freak out about, you know, this payment or that payment. I could put a deposit on an apartment, not have to worry. I mean, yeah, he took out probably, I don't know, five to $7,000 more than I needed, but I'm so glad I had that money when I graduated. And it's really helped me a lot over the years. So you had like a, a cash flow. Exactly. Good, yeah. yeah, I could just have those uh, bills debit or mm-hmm. out of my account and not stress, knowing that there was a little bit of a cushion. Gotcha. Oh, that's yeah. good. Um, and then you also mentioned that uh, in your post that having done all this is not something that you would that you regret and that it made you adult faster. Yes, uh, <laughs> totally. Than most people, and I think a lot of people um, hold on to these loans for a really long time. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm happy to see that you you know, paid it off quickly and really made it a focus. Um, we've talked about Mr. Money Mustache in the past. Um, he's a blog, a blogger who talks about personal finance a lot. And, um, and for him, you know, debt is something that is like a hair on fire emergency. Like a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people just feel like it's something you can kick down the road. Um, and in my case, you know, credit cards tend to have much higher interest rates. Sure. sure. Uh, and when you start to look at what the minimum is and then just paying the minimum, you just, you're never going to get out of it. It's terrible. Yeah. So having a design. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) 
Um, and even when you do start to, you know, carve out some, you know, the, the stores want you to put mm-hmm. more money on that. And, yep. you know, even some of the vices that I've talked about on here, like Starbucks and things, it's like uh-huh. now Starbucks is trying to get me to buy their credit oh, card. Dang, or, I didn't know Starbucks had a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So they know their market well. And it's like they have no hold on me anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, adulting, I, I made decisions based on student loans. So I had a, I had a great job, you know, but, um, I was seeing people around me take time off in between jobs, Mm -hmm. go on trips. Oh, I'm going to just go to um, Japan for a year or whatever, you know, and just, I'm just going to try all these things. And I I was thinking that's, that's amazing, but I, I can't do things like that until these loans are paid off. I kept saying until the loans are paid Mm -hmm. off, I got to keep my nose down. I got to work hard. I got to live in Reno. I mean, even just moving out of Reno, there was so many decisions when I was young, right out of college floating around. And I felt very tied down Definitely. by these loans and just said, let me get through it. And then I'll yeah. explore. Did you feel like there was, like, were you able to reframe these, you know, the things that you were budgeting and changing in a way where, you know, now that you don't have this debt, you can reward yourself a little bit instead of having to think of, I think the biggest issue people have is that they see it as restriction, like spending habits need mm-hmm. to be restricted and I need to go without things. Right. And obviously there's going to be things that you go without, but like you identified some of those things with things that just didn't matter. I wasn't super restrictive. I don't want anyone to think I was eating ramen or, you know, like I, I did the things I wanted to still. Mm-hmm. I I still um, spent money on things I wanted to. Right. So you cut out the things that really just you didn't care about. I made some decisions. Yeah. I, yeah. I pulled back in areas where I felt like I could. Um, Bobby really helped me stop do doing the whole boredom spending thing, which mm-hmm. was just totally unnecessary. Um, yeah. No, I, I definitely still did what I wanted to. Now that I have some money again, <laughs> um, I'm saving for retirement, which is nice. I, I missed out on a lot of time where I could have been contributing to an, a Roth or a regular IRA or a 401k. And so I'm trying really hard to make up for lost time now, putting all my freelance money in that. Just nice. don't need it. Just go into yeah. the retirement savings, just all of it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess you have now a focus on the future. So yep. retirement. Yep. Um, what are your kind of next financial goals in terms of mm. are there some big boulders that you're focused on? Yeah. Um, I'm saving up some money for the party. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I already have a little bit saved up for that. Um, it's weird. I actually don't have my money flows not really um better than it was because instead of keeping all that freelance money, my financial advisor is having me put it in a 401k. So right. I actually don't see it at all. Right. So I, yes, I do have more money, but it's not as much as I would hope. Right. So I'm about where I was before. Well, that prevents you from now just like graduating to a new level of spending. Totally, which right. I totally would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some things that I have upgraded. Like I go to Orange Theory now, which is this real bougie mm-hmm. gym in Reno. It's like $15 <laughs> a class. I love it though. Uh, so I started doing that. That's just, you know, one of those things that's so unnecessary, but I love it's it. It's one of those things that you get to do once you get out of student e- debt. Right? Exactly. So I've done things like that. Um, Bobby and I signed up for Freshly, which is like prepared meals delivered, which we love because we hate meal prepping. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and then, um, you know, just going and doing things that you love, like um, – I'm I'm looking at Bobby to tell me, but he he's not saying anything. <laughs> Getting a massage once a month. Yeah. Oh, so well, nice. and you you get to do all of these things without the anxiety or that monkey on your back anymore. Yeah. Which sounds like is is a relief. It's such a relief. It's so nice, and I really want to encourage other people to get there too. And I, I realize that I'm kind of a special case because I had a full time job 
and a freelance business on the side. I know not everybody can do that. I'm very fortunate that my employer lets me do that. It's been huge. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people who have picked up gig economy type things like Lyft and Uber, Mm -hmm. um, you know, anything that can supplement that, especially if you do feel like you can't make more money in your current field or your current job, you know, figuring out ways to, you know, just hustle on the side. And it doesn't have to be that you're working every single day. And I think we keep having to bring this back to the fact that like, even though every episode we talk on here about optimizing something, right. there is a point at which you cannot optimize. Yeah, you can only optimize <laughs> so much and keep your happiness, yeah. you know. And you don't want to burn out because no. this is going to be a long process. Something we talked about right before we started recording, um, which is uh, NPR's Life Kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone's out there is looking for other things to listen to, they have a really great um, episode, a few episodes on how to get out of debt. Um, they talk about student debt. They talk about medical debt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and then they talk about credit card debt. And so that was really interesting. And then I even listened to their other life kit, which is more focused on saving and investing, mm-hmm. which is hard to think about doing right now For when sure. I'm trying to get out of debt. But it's just really interesting to think about, you know, what things they're talking about from finding money where you didn't realize you could get it and all that kind of stuff. So one of the things I did, I didn't feel like I could save for retirement at all. Um, One of the things my financial advisor had me do (laughs) is uh, start just doing $25 a month. Right. And that was like nothing. I was like, oh, I can do $25 a month. And then eventually moved it up to 50 and then (laughs) 50 up to a hundred. And obviously now it's much more, but even when I was unable to do anything, he, he was really big, big about just do something. Right. And that was really helpful. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And just like quick PSA for everybody listening, talk to a financial advisor, obviously, you know, pick one who's reputable, but they are so great. And it's not like talking to a lawyer where or a therapist where it's like they're counting the minutes and billing you hourly. Most financial advisors will to ask, ask them first, but for the most part, their advice is free mm-hmm. and they benefit from you benefiting financially. So right. ask them about your situation, your debt consolidation, if you have it. Um, saving for their future, make sure you have enough for retirement. It's a, it's a really interesting experience uh, talking to a financial advisor, no matter what age you are, and asking, am I going to have enough money to retire? And watching that conversation unfold. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of interesting because it's not something that I've done. I've kind of gone this alone in terms of talking to people who've been through it, right? Mm-hmm. With, you know, talking to Tanya and some other folks on the show. Um, but then also like just literally consuming every bit of information on the internet. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of really good books. I'm at the point now where uh, we reviewed a few books on the show, but I'm, I'm like on a pause of reading money books because they're getting oh, pretty repetitive yeah. at this point. Point. What's uh, that one? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. He's got a bunch of books. All crazy but, about. Yeah. Total Money Makeover. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've read Your Money or Your Life and mm-hmm. um, My Get dad Money. Reads those books. So, yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> uh, Millionaire Next Door is really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch. So um, cool. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave listeners with? Any. Mm. What uh, I guess the one thing I forgot to ask uh, oh, is yeah. what tools did you use any tools for tracking this kind of stuff over time, like mm. something like Mint or Personal Capital or any of that kind of stuff? Mm, no, I didn't. Um, I'm just one of those people that checks their bank account every hour. Okay, I'm just like really obsessed. <laughs> Make with sure it. there's still money in there. I don't. I just. I don't know. I'm. I have a few banks, and I just was. I checked all the time, so I was just like really aware of where my money was at all times. Um, oh, here's the thing I did. So I have one 
main checking account that my bills come out of. But mm-hmm. then I have other little accounts that I had my bank also open for me. So I would move money into those other accounts. So gotcha. savings, um, this is the money that goes to my taxes. This is probably beneficial for you with the estimated tax payments. Because once it was in that other account, it was no longer my money. Right. And that's how I could mentally think about it for some reason. So if it was all in the big pot, I was like, oh, I have so much money. Right. But if I moved it out into the smaller pot, all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's no longer my money. Yeah. Even though it was all my bank accounts, for yeah. whatever reason, that was a mental trick that helped me. Yeah, I had to go a step further and I use an app for that mm, that okay. takes it away from me. So it really isn't my money oh, until okay. it's time to pay taxes. Whatever works, yeah. <laughs> so, and that works for me and I, it's on autopilot, which is the biggest part of this, right? Is yes. making sure that there's a system in place so that you don't have to worry about spending that willpower every day of moving it by yourself and you know, yeah. taking that time, even if you are logging into your bank every hour. So. Oh, I mean, that's a little bit, um, of, that's too, that's probably too much. Probably too much. It's like, but... it's definitely every day though. Yeah. I'm really into it. Well, congratulations on your goal and thanks for spending time today to chat sure. a little bit about this. And, uh, if you're out there and you have student loan debt or credit card debt, um, and have made big strides in getting rid of that, we'd love to hear your story. So, uh, you can check us out at howyouspendyourdays.com. Uh, or check us out on Instagram and Twitter at, at how you spend. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank Thanks. you. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. 